This is the motherfucking Blood Doctor Show. Late on a goddamn Wednesday, as it was and always should be and will continue to be. We've got the first guest of season three on this episode. My man B from Overtime with B&T came in to talk about what we always talk about, which is NBA and NFL. So both the NBA and NFL segments today are going to be me and my man just chopping it up with him talking shit as usual, because that's what he does. Going to bring in the other segments as usual today, not just going to do the conversation between me and B. I want to hit a couple of other things as well. First off, let's talk about the news of the day, which is that in the last couple of days, former NBA big man Caleb Swanigan and NFL linebacker Jalen Ferguson have both passed away. Um, the details surrounding both of those situations are not known exactly, and I don't think it really necessarily matters what the details are. We know a few things. Caleb Swanigan had some mental health problems and potentially maybe some drug issues as well. There's a potential for an overdose in the Jalen Ferguson situation as well. Regardless of what the actual outcome of those two situations are, regardless of how they came about, regardless of what it is, it is fucking sad. And it is difficult, and it is painful, and it is hard. Because we are the most powerful, richest nation in the history of the world, and I don't give a shit about money, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We have every fucking thing that we could ever possibly need. We really do. We have everything that we could ever need. And we could give everyone all of the medicine and we could help all of us. And we won't do it because we don't do that. Because helping people is communism. That's this country. Helping people is communism. You're a socialist. You're a communist. You want to help people. You want to give something that you have to someone else. That's dirty. That's evil. That's the American thought process. And that ends up with a guy like Caleb Swanigan who when he couldn't contribute to the NBA anymore because of whatever personal problems he had going on well doesn't look like he got any mental health care since look at what's occurred now he's passed away I don't know the situation with Jalen Ferguson I don't know that anyone knows but I'm gonna go ahead and guess if people are saying that it's a potential overdose situation that it certainly wasn't like things were going perfect for him And the simple fact of the matter is is that we vilify people who have mental problems. We vilify people who have drug problems. And it leads to this. Because people are afraid to ask for help. People have mental health problems that lead to them being homeless. They don't know how to ask for help. They can't. And instead of finding ways to help those people, we just let them slip through the cracks. Fuck them. Right? Not my problem. Right? Not on me. I don't need to take care of nobody but myself. That's the American thought process. And these are professional athletes. These are dudes who had access. And they're still not being taken care of. Because of the fact that we vilify every single thing that has to do with mental illness, with homelessness, with drug abuse, with anything that makes you look like maybe you're a flawed human, we go ahead and toss you in the ditch. That's America. That's the America that has been wrought. That's what conservatives and baby boomers have created. They have created a world in which any flaw that you have will be used against you by the media to paint a picture of you deserving whatever it is that happened to you. 
whether you passed away from you know a drug addiction, from homelessness, whether you were shot by police, whatever. You deserved what came to you because you were a flawed human. And flawed people don't deserve to exist. And conservatives are not flawed. They're perfect. That's what we learn every single day in the media. And it's unreal that guys who have access to everything still can't get help because they still would be vilified for doing that. If an NFL player went to his team and said, I have a drug problem with whatever drug it was, he would probably get fucking suspended. And maybe, you know, if he didn't get checked into rehab, there could be like legal ramifications as well. How does that fucking make sense? How does that fucking make sense? Like if you're in trouble with a drug and you go tell your team about it, you're gonna be punished. There's no incentive to tell. There's no incentive to ask for help because what's gonna happen? They're gonna try to take money away from you and your contract. They're gonna try to do every single thing they can to ruin your name, smear you, drag you through the media. Like even guys who are making millions of dollars, it's it's all precarious. It could all be taken away at any moment because if you're not a perfect human, we're coming for you. And, you know, conservatives sit here all the time, cancel culture, cancel culture, cancel culture. But they're the first one that a, a black player says or does something wrong. They want them cut from the team. Cut that son of a bitch. Cut those bastards. That's that knowledge. That's how they talk. That's the language they use. That's the thought process that they have. And it just makes me sick because those people are all throughout this country. And they spread their little toxic masculine thought processes all throughout everything. And it leads to so many people being unwilling or unable to ask for help. And it leads to so many people dying before they need to. So here's what I would say to you. If you need help, ask someone. Ask me. I don't give a shit. Send me a DM on Twitter. I'll talk to anyone. I will help anyone. I have been through this with friends with people close to me i will talk to anyone about addiction problems i will talk to anyone about anything that they need help with reach out to a friend i am sure that you have someone close to you the simple fact of the matter is that we have to be there for each other because the system has proven that it will not be there for us and it doesn't matter if you're a multi-million dollar athlete it doesn't matter if you're a single mother it doesn't matter if you're married it doesn't matter what you are the system is not there to help you the system is there to find your flaws and destroy you. The system is there to find your reasons for ineligibility and exclude you. The system is there to make sure that nobody succeeds. Nobody gets more than they might deserve. The system is there to keep us down. The system is not there to build you up. The system is not there to take you to the next level. There is no next level in the eyes of the system. People who go to prison are meant to stay in prison or they are meant to become recidivists and go back to prison so that they can be free labor for the state. That's the country that we have built. So I ask you, if you need help, reach out to someone around you. I ask you, if you think someone close to you needs help, reach out to them, ask them. Don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself asking your friends if they need to talk. Sometimes they'll tell you, no, I'm good. I'm just annoyed with this blah, blah, blah thing at work. And you'll think maybe something was wrong and it was no big deal. And that's fucking okay. Make yourself look stupid. Who cares? Show people that you care. 
Because when we don't do that, anyone can be alone. Anyone can feel alone. And there is so much loss and so much pain. And I see these stories and even with scant details, I don't even want to go into all the, I don't even want to read all of the moments of the last moment or all the details of the last moments of these guys. I don't want that. I don't need that detail. I don't need that information. And it just doesn't need to be given to me. All I know is that these are two men in their mid twenties who died early, who should have had access to resources to help them. But because of the toxically masculine nature of the industries that they were in, they probably were afraid to ask for help when it was necessary. And even if those things aren't necessarily a hundred percent true for these situations, it happens every day. And it is ultimately the point we've got to be there for each other because the world that has been built is not there for us. Capitalism is there to expunge everyone who is not useful to the system. If you are not a cog that helps everything flow, if you're not grease that makes everything move smoothly, you're not worthwhile to us. And if you don't help us make money, we don't fucking need you. And that is the message that is sent to every single person in this country all the time. And I just wish that it's sad. It's sad when anyone dies. It's not just sad when an athlete dies, but I would hope that when even recognizable athletes with names that, you know, from teams that you follow, when even they can't get mental health care, I will hope that some people would look at that and realize what's going on. Understand what has come about. Because it just seems like it just seems like no one gives a shit about anyone but themselves in this country. And that can't be the American way. But it is. And we have to do everything we can to stop it, even if it seems fucking impossible. So I just ask you, reach out to those around you because we've got to be there for each other. No one else is going to be there for us. And for Caleb Swanigan and Jalen Ferguson, you know, they didn't get that opportunity. And I hope that their families find some way to find peace in this situation because there's just, there's no excuse for homelessness. There are more homes available in this country than there are homeless people. There's no excuse for any of this. We can solve all of our problems. We just have to choose to do it, but we won't because it would piss off people in red states. It's an embarrassment to be an American. And I just hope that by the time my son grows up, that's at least a little bit less true. All right, let's bring in B from Overtime with B&T. Let's talk NBA, let's talk NFL. Let's do it. Joining me now, the first guest of season two, and I don't think that there's going to be any shock in the world at who the first guest of season two is. I'm not sure the first guest of season two deserves it, quite frankly. He's going to have to prove it right now. Do you deserve well, uh, it? Hello. Do you deserve Do you uh, deserve hello. to be here? What do you think? Um, well, this this is my first time being on the, the show. So, uh, is this is just a joy to be here. My name's uh, Frank. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There, everybody. Finally, the bee has come back. 
to the Blood Doctor Show. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to make you come on this show as Frank sometime. We're going to have to do an entire episode <laughs> as Frank in character. Oh man, I have to really create an entire character on the spot. Frank is a Pistons fan who's sure they'll win 45 games oh, next season. Mar- oh, <laughs> That, that's actually interesting. I might have to actually try and play that character the next time I'm on. You just, I might have to actually watch some Detroit games so I can get into character. Just get on the Cade train, baby. <laughs> just ride hey, it all the way. I like Cade. From what I've seen, I didn't watch a lot of Detroit games because it's just freaking Detroit. But from what I've seen, he was showing out. I like Cade too, to be honest with you. Cade, is, Cade was actually my pick for rookie of the year, so whatever. He's, but. he's your... Your prototypical big guard in this modern day can dribble, can do a lot of everything. I think that Cade is what people thought Lonzo was going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone was talking about Lonzo is going to be this six, eight point guard who does this and that. Maybe Cade isn't. I mean, Cade is a good passer. I don't know that he's quite the passer that Lonzo Although Lonzo can't run an offense, he can throw spectacular passes, but he can't run an offense. Mm. And he can't really... I think Lonzo's a better defender, too. Yes, but also, you know, for a rookie, I wouldn't expect much from Cade. Especially a rookie asked to do every single thing on offense, which he was. Um, I just think, at least offensively, I think that Cade is going to be what people sort of expected from Lonzo. I think that would be kind of a, a good, con- I don't even know why the fuck I, we're talking I like about this that. right now. This wasn't even on like my list that. of topics. It worked out that way. This <laughs> is a, this is just kind of an all encompassing episode anyway, cause it's like, we're gonna wind down the NBA season that was and wind up the NFL season that will be while discussing probably oh, yes. nothing about NBA prospects. Cause I know I know fucking like nothing about the draft tomorrow night. Do you know? Like, I know, I mean, I know the top three that everyone knows, right? Like, Home, Holmgren, Smith, Banchero. That's like Banchero. I keep making that mistake. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm a fish out of water right now, too. I'm probably gonna search up tonight just so I have an idea. And I just, I watched a lot of college this year and, you know, there's a lot of guys that I like, but I'm just not one of these dudes who watches every single college game. I'm way more invested in the pros than I am in college. And so I just don't have, you know, the, the depth of knowledge to sit here and talk about, oh, this guy should be, you know, the eighth pick. Do you have a favorite of those three? Or do you not even of those of the top three? Do you have a favorite at all? You're not even you're not even there yet. Uh, I've only seen Paolo and uh, Chet play. Yeah. So take that however you will i chet to me it's like chet's either gonna be fucking like 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 uh like uh oh god what was that one that knocks i did here was he's got a lean lean frame right well yeah holmgren is like either gonna be kevin durant or he's gonna be like olo candy or some other like completely useless like you know what i mean like he's gonna be He's going to be amazing or he's going to be ass. Like, he's not going to... There's not going to be, like, a middle ground. Chet Holmgren's not, like, averaging 17, 6, and 5 and playing mediocre defense. Like, he's going to be great or he's going to be fucking terrible. It's going to be... Yeah. There's no... I think there's that. There's a lot of that with these dudes. Jabari Smith is probably the safest one from that perspective. Like, there's no way he's going to be bad. And I think that's kind of why... 
people have Orlando settling on him, but I really think Orlando's gonna take Holmgren because we know that Orlando loves their length. But right. how much big guys do they have there? It's in Bamba still on that team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I don't think it fucking matters. I don't think that anyone in Orlando is good enough that you would say like I'm not taking. A, if you think a dude could be like generational, you take that player now. Yeah. I, I mean, is Holmgren a center even in this league? I don't, this is the thing is I don't even fucking know what to make of him. I haven't watched him. And this is why it's just like not even a useful conversation because I just don't know enough to, mm-hmm. to like, I'm not going to sit here and argue with anyone. So it's just one of those things. Um, discussing the season that just ended, I and I hit you with the list of questions. And I know that I know your answer to this one. And I think we've already talked about it before, but I just want to, because Draymond said it this week, um, it bears discussing. Draymond said that Steph Curry has cemented himself as the best point guard of all time, and you say, did, "Are we wiping out everything Magic Johnson ever did?" Because <laughs> if if that's that if the answer is yes, then yes, he's the best point guard. If the answer is no, then he can hug that number two spot. So you 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 solidly have him as the second best point guard of all time. Yes, yes, because at the end of the day. I still have to go back to what point guard was originally for. And he's not only did he do that, but he's done it throughout his entirety of his career. Nine out of 11 championships, won five of those. Winning time. He, he coined that term pretty much. So come on now. Yeah. Come uh, on now. <laughs> I'm... I'm with you, and I'm kind of at the point where I'm more like Steph Curry is the second best shooting guard of all time behind Michael Jordan than I am. He is the second best point guard of all time behind Magic. Like, kind of like... Oh, so we're just vaulting him past uh, Kobe, eh? Yeah. Oh, yes, I forget. You're Mr. Kobe hater. Well, listen, I said it before. I'll say it again. Kobe rode shotgun on the first three titles with Shaq. And I'm not saying that it's not impressive... He still won three. I, I'm not trying to, but like, dude, Shaq was the engine behind those teams. They would have won mm. if they didn't have Kobe. There, there would have been plenty of other guards. Yeah. There would have been plenty of other dudes they would have won with if they didn't have Kobe. There were plenty of other dudes who could have replicated what Kobe brought then. Mm. Kobe was good. But like, people act like early career Kobe was Pau Gasol era Kobe, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up, I'm just saying, like Kobe was a phenomenal player, but Steph is the engine behind four championship teams. So I think that that matters, you know. And, and that's, you're not gonna, you're not gonna knock him having KD at any point through it, huh? Well, I mean, number one, he won titles before and after KD showed up. Titles or tight toe? And well, he's got. On. Oh, hold on. No, but hold on. With all the with all the KD stuff, if you're going to bookend it with a ring, if you're going to come in with the ring and then bookend it with another one, that at the very least proves yes. that you are fucking for real. And if you're going to tell me that they couldn't have won in the previous years because of, I mean, well, okay, Clay Thompson, blah, blah, et cetera. Fine, except Clay Thompson was healthy when KD was there. So, like, like I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying KD didn't help. He certainly did. He created, he turned them into an unstoppable supernova of a team. I understand that. We're not talking about Curry being top 10 all time if he doesn't go to Golden State. Because LeBron's winning the next two championships. 
in that uh, Cleveland Cavs team until maybe the Raptors step up and give them a problem. Okay, well, but hold on a second. Are, are If you're saying if KD doesn't go to Golden State, are you saying if there's no cap spike? Because that's a different fucking question. And I know that it it's annoying to have to bring the salary cap in, but it is a valid point that like, let's say that Kevin Durant doesn't go to Golden State. Let's say that Kevin Durant goes to Boston or he stays in Oklahoma City. There's still a cap spike and the Warriors still have a bunch of money to operate to add to their super team. So who the hell knows what move they might make in that scenario? I'm just saying I think it's very possible that they make a move that still puts them up as a championship team that isn't necessarily Kevin Durant. Yeah, but pretty much KD was one of the few players who could match LeBron's energy and that pretty much was their undoing because no matter what LeBron did throughout those finals, KD was there to match it. And then it comes down to everybody else doing their thing at that point. But if we're going to say, what if, what if Draymond doesn't get suspended for kicking people in the dick and then the three, one finals come back, maybe doesn't happen. I'm just saying like, if we're going to sit, uh, if we're going to sit there and personally speaking, maybe I so, maybe so except that like, the Cavaliers won every single minute of that series, except the minutes where Draymond played. And the minute that Draymond s- sat that game, everything changed. And I'm not saying it wasn't an incredible comeback. It was. It was one of the greatest, maybe the greatest finals comeback of all time. It was the greatest finals comeback of all time. But I'm just saying, like, we can sit here and what if at all the death. The point is, right. the, the point is, the point is that if, if Kobe gets credit for titles with Shaq, then Curry gets credits for titles with KD. And in my opinion, the two titles that fair. Curry won with KD, Curry was still the engine of the team. Fair, fair, fair. That's all I'm saying. Kobe was the fair. driver in the driver's seat with the Pau Gasol team, but Shaq was in the driver's seat early on. And that's why, even though he has more rings, I understand, but I also put Shaq above Kobe, even though Shaq has four and Kobe has five. Like everyone can, you, like you can, you can kill me on that all you want, but early career Kobe was a young, kind of all over the place, energetic gunner. Mm. Shaq was an unstoppable force. Come on. What, what? Oh, early career Kobe was really good, but it wasn't like he was like, you remember when it was like Kobe and Grant Hill and then Kobe and T-Mac and those guys were comparable players. It's yeah. not like Kobe was Michael Jordan Head versus the rest. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm I saying. See. That's I all see. I'm saying is that Kobe was very good, but people act like he was always a top five player in the league and he was mm. not in the first three title runs. He was not a top five player. That's all I'm saying. And I, mm. I and the other thing that kills me is I don't understand why it's offensive to like, I say like Kobe is, solidly a top 15 top 20 player of all time i don't understand why that's an insult i don't understand why that's like a a horrible thing to say you know there's three three fan bases where their their cult following will get you hung on a platter it's the jordan the six rings army then there's the the formerly known as the three six mafia And then you got the Kobe Beanheads. <laughs> those, those are the, the three where if you come through there, oh, the, you're going to get a series of mentions filling up in Twitter. Holy shit, I forgot about the 3-6 Mafia. That was my favorite nickname for anything in sports ever. Oh my God, I fucking forgot Twist about that one. Twist my butt. 
move to the music. <laughs> oh my God, yes. All right, you're, you're dropping a fucking 3-6 Mafia medley at the end of this. Um, <laughs> no, I, my, I, I understand like, because Kobe was solidly like one of the people who say like rings are what matter. So I understand the argument from like Kobe people who would say that like, hey, five is more than four and he was the second best player on the first three title teams and the best player on the next two title teams. So that's, you know, and I, I, I'm not. And the scoring numbers throughout the years, that's what did it for a lot of all valid people. All, all extremely valid. I just think there's a certain point when you reach that level where you're basically, you're making your choice and you're making the argument that you think it should be because there's really no like, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no right or wrong. Everyone just sort of has their opinions. And I think you get to a certain level where you're right, like, these are the guys, these are my guys that I prefer. You might prefer your guys. You know, I think they're all up there. But I just think, like, I don't think it's, like, an insult if I'm like, well, I think Kobe's more top 10 instead of top five. People are like, <gasps> you know, clutching pearls. And I'm just like, dude, it's not, you know. I just happen to think that everything that Curry has done, especially in this league and the way he has changed the fucking game of basketball, whether or not it's for the better in the minds of some people, but nonetheless, the game has changed because of him. I just, it's how I feel. And the other thing is I don't, unfortunately, I worry that they're not done. Like I would love to sit here and believe that the Warriors as a team they're over, their dynasty is done, this is the end, but I don't fucking think that. I'm, you know, uh, I'm concerned. If they continue to conveniently run into star players getting injured whenever they face them, then I'm sure they can keep <laughs> this going. Yeah, I'm sure they can. Hey, so you're you just... laughing. You're laughing now, but Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, John Morant for the back half of that series. Uh, come on now. Come I mean, on. I mean, the Suns, the Mavericks were not a worthy contender in the Western Conference Finals. The Suns would have given them a much, a much better. The Maverick, I, I will agree with you that like that Western Conference Finals sucked because the Suns. Yeah, a fell lot apart. of people, a lot of people, even before they, a lot which most people would say they underperformed versus the Mavericks, but a lot of people had the Suns beaten Golden State in the Conference Championship. That's, I, I agree, and so. I just think the Suns would have given the, the Warriors a much better series. And so I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like the Warriors didn't have the toughest road, but you can only beat who's in front of you. And they did that. Definitely, definitely. You can't take that away. And it's, and it's, it's not just, like, it's I a mean, glaring pattern at this point. Sure, but like also look at like Jordan Poole developing. Like I've said a bunch of times that the Clay Thompson contract could be one of the worst ones of all time. And it literally hasn't mattered because they just made up a copy of him in the fucking lab. In Who can dribble? Who can yeah. dribble? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty ridiculous, like the way that they just turned that dude into an all-star shooter, and now they're gonna pay him. But I'm just saying, there would have been a time where I was like, oh man, the Warriors are done, and now I just don't feel that way anymore. And I, well, I don't it, know. What about those, uh, those two years? Indirectly helped them, yeah, because they I'm, pretty much got themselves back to what really brought them to prominence, which was a bunch of role players who they don't do, they don't have to do more than what is asked of them. 
Yeah, and I mean, they, you know, Wiggins developed and Poole developed and Kaminga developed. And they did Wiggins first. really develop yes. that much or did he just get vaulted into a role that required less of him? Wiggins because absolutely. if you look at his numbers, like, it, it's not that much of a change. It's just the role and what's expected of him that's really changed. Bro, it's the decision making. It's the decision making that has changed. I, I agree with you that it's a lot fucking easier to play in a championship ecosystem with megastars. No disagreement on that at all. But this is like the thing I was talking about when Duncan Smith mentioned the whole Wiggins wins a title before Jimmy Butler, which is one of the funniest things ever, by the way. But Wiggins uh. decision making used to be atrocious and the, the horrendous mid range shooting and the 20 footers and his defensive attention used to really wane and he was not really good at the rim and he was pretty fucking good at the rim in these finals and i yeah. mean he swiped passing lanes pretty well he was i mean his decision making he's dunking or he's shooting threes he's not taking he's not dribbling around and taking tons of horrendous mid-rangers i just think I, I think, think he his did develop system benefits him as well yeah absolutely i'm just saying he developed as a he he makes better choices now. It's yeah, and they wouldn't have won this finals without him. I don't think. I, I don't think he was huge. So Definitely. that's the dude I'm happiest for. Truthfully, is Wiggins. Um, what about Boston though? Like, what do you think? Like, are you like every everyone else is like we gotta fucking get rid of Marcus Smart? They gotta find a point guard. They gotta this that and the other. I hear all kinds of things, but like, what is your what, do you think Boston will be back? You're high on, but what's your feeling? I don't ever want to hear Jason Tatum be talking about old Kobe uh, inspiration. Kobe, <laughs> be yourself. Be yourself. It's not working. Every time it's like, ah, Kobe this, Kobe that. What did that get you? Would Kobe have done that? That performance that you put up in the final game? Well, Kobe has had uh, meltdowns here and there, but he was already established at that point. Uh, Kobe was a killer out of the gates. Come on now. You give Kobe a bad name, bad name. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Ugh. This is an episode for the ages already. I fucking love it. So are you, so I feel like I've asked you this before, but as of now, Tatum or Booker? Oy. I remember, the, I'm pretty sure it was the last time I was here, but I did mention to you, they did feel like the same player, just at the different position. Yeah, and that, that is what you said, you're right, yeah. Considering how they both kind of fizzled out towards the end. Booker it, scored 47 in game six. Booker scored 47 in game six of the finals. I'm just saying. Did, did I did, did I imagine that? Or did that actually happen? Or did I the finals, not against the Mavericks. Not against the Mavericks. Okay. Booker okay. disappeared so hard against the Mavericks, you oh, would have thought he uh, was inside Kendall Jenner. And I'm not talking about like I like I mean like she ate him. Like he was just gone. Like that oh, man, oh. that man pulled the disappearing act so fucking incredible that Houdini would have asked for his autograph. I'm just <laughs> It was terrible. Oh, Yo, even I know, dog. Even I know. But are, do you? So you? Do you? So you don't believe in the Celtics? Then you? You think it was a fluke? Or I wouldn't say it was a fluke. I just feel like the 
there was warning signs like sure. throughout the the sure. playoffs that you kind of seen this coming but nobody really expected it to get to this point because they're like oh they they've shown many time and time again that they can rise to the occasion like remember at the end of that miami game seven when they nearly just uh, blew that game i think a lot of people were like hmm like a lot of people were very mindful of that and then whereas the series wane after that game four it's like completely different completely yeah. different mentality i mean i on think on top of the fact that horford and Derek white had a great first three games and then not so much in the back half of that series as well yeah and i think i mean i think the other thing for me about tatum and i said this on another show the other shows on the other day it's just like in the first three rounds like in that game one against the Nets, he hits that awesome game winner and he just made such a nice backdoor cut. And you were just yeah. like, man, this team, they're growing. And then, you know, they take out Milwaukee and there were a couple of really close games, a couple of blowouts. It's just, you know, it was kind of like, man, this is something. And mm. obviously then the Miami series. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, that, I mean, it was as close as it could have been. And so yeah. I grew like a lot of respect for Tatum based on all that stuff. And then kind of some of it has fallen back to earth, I feel like, because, um, I mean, dude, like, I just felt like watching that last game, like, every time I looked at the television, Tatum was fucking up. It was like, he was falling down, he's losing the ball. It just, it just was bad. It was bad. And I don't, I like, I, I was like, oh, the Celtics will be back. They will be fine. This is not going to be a thing. I don't think they beat a comfortable with Middleton, though. Yeah. I'm not okay. too sure, man. What about the Sixers too? Like, I don't know where that's gonna be. Like, but I mean, I don't think that could that, dude. I don't know. Like that, it, ooh, boy. I'm <laughs> that Harden trade was a gigantic mistake. Well, I mean, yeah, it was. Nobody I mean, benefited. Nobody won that yeah, trade. Yeah, th that's the loserest loser trade of all time. Seriously, <laughs> nobody won because nobody. I mean, they barely both. Oh God, what a fucking disaster, Ben Simmons yeah. is. But that Harden trade, do you think like Embiid ever wins a title at this point? Like watching? Uh, I hope he does. Like I'd, I'd, I'd at least want to see him in a finals, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like this Harden trade almost essentially means that Joel Embiid will never win a title because I, I don't know. I mean, maybe not never, but at least never while he's in Philadelphia because they have missed all of their resources have been spent incorrectly and they have not mm. built a team around him. And I don't know, I don't see the path forward. I like Maxi still. Yeah. I, I know it's, it kind of doesn't really carry any weight just considering how he's played, but maybe he hardens hamstring feels a little bit better next season. Yeah. And he's able to move a little bit more with life because I remember in that Miami series, it's like, it like he's doing all the moves that he regularly does, but it looks like he's playing at 0.5 speed, and it's like, oh my goodness, he he went from having that gold quick first step to bronzies. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he, yeah, he looks like he's playing on a court covered in peanut butter, and he just, you know, like he just—it's I—I don't know, man. Like everything looks labored. Yeah, he's and, he's gonna have to change up his uh, regimen or whatever he's doing because once uh, that gut starts happening, it, your play style—it's gonna take a hit. Would you consider just letting him walk if you were Philadelphia and just being like, "Fuck this!" Like, you gave him I'm, too much to just leave, let him walk. You think so? Yeah. Like, like you even if what if you could sign and trade him for something minimal and just be done with this? Like, I just I don't know that compounding the give problem. Him a, like give him a season. Him, give him a season. But it's not a season. Halfway. But dude, it's it's not a season though. Think about this for a minute. Think about this. If he signs this five-year contract and he looks like he just did, you suddenly have a Russell Westbrook or John Wall situation where you have four years of a deal. Well, don't give him the max. You don't have to give him the max. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, fuck yeah, you do. Because it's Daryl fucking Morey and Daryl fucking Morey told him they were going to. Oh boy! Well, you can't you can't just acquire James Harden and tell him we're gonna give you the max and then one day be like nah never mind we're not gonna do that like that's not gonna if he fly. wants to win if he wants to win he, he doesn't he that. wants his money he's Carmelo he Anthony made enough money at this point you know he has the Carmelo Anthony attitude pay me my uh, money that is James Harden those strip club bills are you expensive. are thirty two now get a championship you don't need that money those strip club you already got Adidas money. Those strip, club, those strip club bills are expensive, and he has to pay off those Brooklyn strip club bills. Whoo, whoo! That's that real estate. That's that real estate, baby. I'm saying. I, I, I'm not a superstar or anything, but I'm just thinking. Like, I'm thinking. I'm thinking logic. I'm thinking big picture. Like, if I if I know I want to win a championship. I'm not gonna cripple the franchise's ability to get me help if, you know, somebody gets hurt or somebody decides, oh, I hate playing with Brandon now, I'm out of here. But when does that happen? Like, Gilbert Arenas took less money in like 2006. Like It also depends <laughs> on where you are. Like, if, if you're in a smaller market, it's hard to say, oh, I'm gonna take less money and- He's in fucking gets- Philadelphia. He could make a billion dollars in ads. Like, they're, they're, they could make all the money he wanted. He doesn't give a shit. And this is what I'm saying. Like, if you compound the mistake that you made by giving him 200 million fucking dollars, it doesn't get better. Like, it just it just becomes a bigger fucking nightmare. It just becomes yeah. a bigger fucking nightmare. And then what do you do? What do you do? Then you, then you suddenly we'll have see. a John Wall contract. So, okay, just yes or no. Joel, Joel B, does he ever win a title? Can I choose option C? <laughs> I'm counting that as no. What about Jimmy Butler? <laughs> like, I'm worried that Miami. If the two of apart. them are together, I'll say yes. If the if two of them are together, I'll say yes. If they get back together, okay. Because yes. I'm worried about Miami, man. Like, I don't know. Tyler Hero is like not panning out as much more than a six man. Kyle Lowry very much looked his age at the end of last. Is season. it? Is he really, or is that just because, like, they need the scoring off the bench? What kind of answer is that, though? Well, we're gonna play who's a starter gonna, off the bench. Who who's gonna really provide them offense when the starters are sitting, though? That 
if if your roster construction necessitates that you play one of your best players off the bench, one of your best five players off the bench, simply that you have any scoring in the bench unit, you have a much bigger problem. Like I'm I mean, saying. Duncan Robbins was was getting more minutes than Tyler Hero, and he I fell off the face of the could... fucking earth. Like he couldn't. He dude, he looked like me. Uh, well, not physically, <laughs> but like shooting wise, he like you know, he couldn't shoot. <laughs> You couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with the broad side of another barn. Like he, like Duncan couldn't hit anything. And I don't know about Miami situation now. Like I don't know going forward. Like you've got Jimmy, you've got Bam, but you got a lot of money allocated to Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry, and those don't look. I don't know. Like uh, Kyle Lowry has like what one more year on his deal. Like so that may not be a long term thing, but like I, I don't know. Like. I don't know. It's a tough situation. There's a lot of teams in the East that it could be, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, like, like yeah. I, there's a lot of teams right now. Like I, I, like I have them on my list here. It's like we like 76ers, Miami, Boston, like the Suns. What are the Suns going to do? I've told you, yeah. I've told everyone, I think the Suns are going to get Kevin Durant. Like, you know, what are the Lakers going to do? Like, I don't know. Dude, I'm not fucking kidding about that. Look, look at the shit that's going on. Read the tea leaves, man. The Nets yeah. are not going to sign Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Durant signed an extension. He's got to go somewhere that he can compete. He and the signed sign- extension. Oh, yeah. Kevin Durant is signed. He is he has a four-year contract with the Nets. So he he has got to go somewhere that he can contend. And he's got to go somewhere that someone can be traded. And I'm just saying, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, a couple of first-round picks. Like, that starts to become an appetizing thing for the Nets when you're looking at trading a 35-year-old player. Like, how are you not looking at that? I hate to give up Cam Johnson if I'm the Suns, but you have to. Because, like, because Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton and two first-round picks is not enough. Like, it's Kevin fucking Durant. It's not enough. It's got to be Cam Johnson. And now, suddenly, if you're the Nets, you're getting DeAndre Ayton, who Steve Nash can look at and say, I can turn this dude into a Mari Stoudemire 2.0. And you're getting Cam Johnson, who is just a bucket, who fits into the Nets, you know, just, you know, shoot threes and play defense. Mari like Stoudemire 2.0. I'm not saying that he is. I'm saying that that's what Steve Nash will talk himself into. And so Nash has a lot of pull in that organization. I'm just saying. So I don't know. I I, I think that's possible. What about the Lakers, though? Your 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 beloved son, LeBron. So yeah, okay. The LA thing, Lakers and Clippers. Like, are you are you believers in either of those teams? One of them, both of them. Like, what? Just um, the LA thing. Well, first off, that um. That uh, LA franchise is going through it right, right now, and you were one of the first people to predict it. Yeah, you were, though. So, um, hats off to you on that aspect. And goddamn it's, right. it's it's just a shame that because, like, if we're talking like ten years ago, we're talking like twenty-eight-year-old LeBron James. We're not we're not really saying this because they're we're just like oh LeBron will just carry us through all of this but it's like the you know the the them shoulders are a little you know they they've seen a lot of experience and they're kind of wavering now with all of this backpacking so it's like I don't know I don't think he's that guy anymore where he can just lift a franchise above the poor management. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And I, I don't see, like, I don't see a way forward for the Lakers. Like, there's all this, like, 
well, what if they can get Kyrie and what if this and what if that? I, I just, I don't really see a way forward for the Lakers, truth be told. I think, I think, well, the I way forward. I think they are better if they have Kyrie. As long as, if it's Kyrie, LeBron, AD, I think they at least still make the playoffs. Whether they are able to win a championship, I think it all depends on who they face and, you know, seeding and all that stuff. How can they put that together? Unless Kyrie Irving just takes, uh, like, mid-level exception, which he's obviously yeah. not going to do. Like, there's no, it's not like the Nets are going to take Russell fucking Westbrook. So, I mean, it's just, there's no solution for the Lakers. The solution is you trade LeBron James. I, just to be completely honest with you, the solution is that you trade LeBron James. They're not going to do that, that. That's a move more that would be serving for the Lakers, and they'd be doing LeBron less of a service. Yeah. Although, if you ask LeBron, he said he could get out of this type of situation. I'm sure he would take that opportunity. He'd never admit it to you and me, but I'm sure, you know, behind closed doors. I, I mean, I, I feel like the Suns would probably offer the same package that they offer for Kevin Durant for LeBron James, like just truthfully, like I, I mean, I think they would. So if you want a new team, um, yeah, I, uh, I just everyone's, you know, the Clippers when they're at full strength and winner, you know, we haven't seen Kawhi in a while now, and you know, I think they're good. I think the Clippers are. You're not worried about the Clippers at all. Um, but you think they're a contender? I, I, I'd like to see if he, you know. If he's lost any of his uh, kawaii-ness after yet again another injury, but I think as long as Paul George playing, they'll be right in the thick of it. Uh, I'd, I'd like to say it's safe to say that Paul George has kind of redeemed the, the playoff P slander after the last playoff run he was on. I personally would like to say kind of redeemed it. He's been pretty good. He's been pretty good the last two playoff runs. I think that's fair. Um, I mean. I just don't, you know, they're constructed in almost kind of a similar way to the Warriors where it's like, I mean, they have Zubac, but it's like they don't play a ton with the traditional big, mm. you know, they play a ton of switching on the perimeter, shooting a lot of threes. They're kind of a lot like the Mavericks. I can understand where people are coming from, but like... I'd be interested to see if they try and make a move for DeAndre. The Clippers? Yeah. I mean, I don't financially see a way to do it without one of... Paul George or Kawhi Leonard being involved, which is obviously not going to happen. So mm. I don't, I don't think that financially they could make it work. I mean, not in like because the Suns aren't taking like Norm Powell and Marcus Morris for mm. in a signing trade. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I, that I I, that would be a phenomenal fit basketball wise, but I don't, I don't think there's any. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's any financial way. Um, so you're 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 pretty much a. Uh settled on the the fact that he's gone oh he's gone he's gone there's no it hurts me like i just bought a deandre ayton jersey this fucking year like it hurts me but but it's just can i have it then (laughs) part of the reason i bought it was because i felt like it was possible that this could happen the minute that he didn't sign an extension you knew that it was a possibility and then the way that the playoffs went yeah i mean it hurts would you have would you have paid him before mikhail bridges yes I, I would have paid him the full five-year max. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have blinked twice. I would have paid Mikhail the same thing I paid him. I have, dude. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. got the full five-year max, and he can't fucking yeah. play a lick of defense, and he never plays. Like, I'm sorry, but DeAndre deserved it, especially yeah. with what he did. He was the only player with plus a positive the same plus draft, minus. Right? Yeah. 
And he was the only player with the positive plus minus in the finals last year. Like DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton was incredible and the sun shafted him. And and now everyone's like, oh, he was set up for failure too, because yes. they left yes. him on an island yes. with a couple. Yes. yes, 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 yes. I cannot fucking agree with that enough. He's been set up to fail by this organization so many times and I'm almost happy for him that now he's going to get this go somewhere that they're going to like take care of him and try to make him succeed instead yeah. of fucking... I, I hate every move that the Suns have made with DeAndre Ayton. And the only way that I'm going to be okay with any of it is if we somehow do come out with Kevin Durant. Then it's fine. <laughs> but, you know, like... Uh, Kevin Durant in the valley. Hey, I mean, I think it's realistic. The Durantula in the valley. I'm just saying... and. You know, here's another thing. This is I tweeted this at Kevin Durant today, and and people, oh, you Did tweeted you Kevin. No, but uh. we know that he read it because he reads everything. <laughs> I, I, because you know he's going through it with Charles Barkley. I said, you know, the best way to fucking stick it to Charles Barkley would be to win a fucking title in Phoenix, like because mm. Barkley's sitting here talking about your old heads won't respect your rings, blah blah blah. Come to Phoenix, win a ring here, and then tell Barkley go fuck yourself because I did what you couldn't like mm. I, would, I, would, I would fucking that love would be that. that would be hilarious as much as i love barkley by the way i would fucking love to see that but, <laughs> um, before we talk about football hot takes nba hot takes anything of your you always have some good ones for me but you got yeah full disclosure Cavs we were eastern conference this, finals Cavs eastern conference fi- okay <laughs> winners or just an appearance appearance okay okay i don't hate that <laughs> I don't hate that. The way the league has been going, we've had young teams keep bursting through. I think that's a good call. When I come back here in about uh, eight months, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. Yeah, like you're not going to come back here like 25 times in between now and then. <laughs> um, um, you, We were planning for this. Like... You all of a sudden just started firing like absolute fire takes when it comes to football. So I'm just, I'm just pulling these. Preparing up right for now. overtime with BNT season three coming just around the corner. Yeah, shameless plug. Shameless plug. What's the? Where do we get it? What's the? It's just everywhere, right? You're we on getting everywhere. it on almost everything. iTunes, Google, Spotify, um, all the other, you know, the not so popular streaming podcast sites but those are the big ones were on those ones hell yeah Overtime even on youtube BNT. bring it back on youtube too i love it and there we go you said season three coming soon right yes, very sir. exciting very exciting i can't wait you gotta get me on there at some point all right when, when am i gonna yes, come on the stream yes. when do i get we to come need on to and get you your show as a guest need to get you on <laughs> definitely uh we'll see the next big matchup and we can cover that one i'm with it so let's go through some of your takes here because this is this Talk is some shit right here. So <laughs> are the Chiefs in more trouble than we're leading on? You hit me with that. Explain that one to me. I agree with you, but tell me what you think. I mean, we see this with every team that rises up to prominence. Like the first two to three years, it's like, come on. You really think somebody can really step up to this team? And then you see that one team who people really didn't believe could beat them, beat them. The following year, the same team that 
was the head honcho loses one game, but we're like, ah, oh, it's just one game. You know, they're they're fine. Beats the next two couple teams. They're like, see, they're fine. They're fine. Big matchup, the prime time game. Get punched in the mouth. Uh, I think I think we're we're starting to get to this point with Kansas City. Everybody has a healthy respect for Patrick Mahomes, but. The way that Bengals were able, as opposed to were they a six seed at the time? They were a six seed, were able to go there and beat them. I think it, it builds a lot of confidence with other teams where it's like, hey, if we kind of replicate what the Bengals were able to do, what the Bucks were able to do, we we got a shot. We're, we're two years removed now since they lost the Super Bowl. And when Bulls really showed what you need to do, and we seen, look at what the draft was. A whole bunch of pass rushers. Even in the, in the AFC West, we got um, who they went out and get. Khalil Mack is there. Chandler mm-hmm. Jones is there. Mm-hmm. Like, they are loading up on the pass rush now. So, this this will be a very interesting year for the Chiefs now. Because the, the jury is out on them. You got to rush Patrick Mahomes, get him uncomfortable. How do you feel about the whole Tyree Kill thing? Like swapping him for they're gonna like, miss him. They're gonna yeah. miss him. They're gonna miss him. They're gonna miss him. Uh, I don't they they're gonna swear up and down. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. They're gonna miss him. I mean, I don't think I, I mean I guess they're counting on like Miko Hardman to be able to take the top off and like, <laughs> I mean yeah, I mean, right? That's like because Juju's not gonna do that. Like that's not what I that's about. It has one of the most incredible acceleration times that this league has seen. He can go from just stationary to his max speed in a matter of like seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's, yeah, he's, there was, uh, I know this isn't NFL, so it doesn't matter, but there was some, uh, you know, that fan controlled football league shit. He was playing in one of those games and he was playing defense and he intercepted a pass and you know he scored but he intercepted it in the other team's end zone and then like you said he just took off running and it's not even an nfl game whatever but just (laughs) the way at which he caught the ball and then immediately was like you said running full sprint the other way Mm -hmm. there's so few guys in the world who have that level of acceleration like you said and so I mean that won't last forever. So I understand the thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to pay him 120 million over four years or whatever. But like he deserved it though. I think he deserved it. I mean, from a from a, a football perspective, yeah, I hate that guy as a person. So I, I <laughs> oh you know, yeah, he he's, he's a bad he's individual, a, he's a dirty but, guy. but he, from a football perspective, he deserved his money. But I understand like if you're the Chiefs, you probably can't pay him and Mahomes. Fine, mm-hmm. you have to choose Mahomes. I get that, but. I don't think this is like a nothing changeover. Like, cause again, like Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be, he's much more of a possession receiver. And I, I mean, they he came think, there a year late too. Yeah. And I mean, MVS, like I don't necessarily, I mean, if, I mean, he couldn't make it work with Aaron Rodgers. So I don't really yeah. understand like what the, they, they kind Devontae of paid him a lot. Adams. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That That's true. Playing off of Devontae. But they kind of paid, I mean, they paid him $30 million. That was, I mean, not, per year obviously but total i mean that was 10 million a year was a lot for him i thought um yeah so uh, who do you think is going to win the afc west then like do you are you you're you're out i I still think they win but 
it's gonna be like you know four losses type of season minimum i think they have at least four losses and like probably comes down to the last two weeks of winning that division title yeah i, I really- could easily see three out of the four of them making it I, and I could easily see three out of the four in the AFC North making it too. It all comes down to the the head-to-heads between the the two divisions. That's true. I think I'll tell you what though. I think the Chargers are going to win that division. You think so? Eh? I fucking love every single move that the Chargers made. I mean, you think they're better than the Broncos? Yes. Yeah. I. All I, right. How I, would you I, rank this division then? Um. I would go Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. Yeah, and I don't even hate the Raiders. And if the Raiders finished ahead of the Broncos, I'm not like I used to love Russell Wilson. I'm not so sure about the Broncos. Yeah, I don't know. Broncos country. I don't know about Broncos country. Let's (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was the dumbest <laughs> fucking thing though when he did that. Like he's just so he fucking was doing corny. what they asked. He was doing what they asked. Yeah, De- Denver's corny as shit. So that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I just I think I think the Chargers. I think with J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack and another year of seasoning for Justin oh, Herbert and everything. Jackson. Like, I do, yeah, no, that was they didn't even pay him that much. Eighty-two million. It's not even. And this is over five years. Like that's not even that much money. Like I, I the Patriots should have matched that. That was a they, nuts. They should have. You know that was nuts that they didn't. We right. we have uh we have Jalen Waddle in our division. We have Stefan Diggs in our division. Yeah. We got Buzz name. Uh, then the the Jets they got Garrett Wilson in our division. Speaking of speaking of this, you this is another one of your takes. You said Patriots are destined for a middle of the pack era. Which I couldn't fucking believe was coming out of your mouth. I mean, it, hey, it was a I question. It was a question. It was just. It a was a question. Question. Just Fair enough. You you put a question mark. I'll give you that. Yeah. I think the answer is yes. I've been saying it since Tom left. Like you can't just replace him. And I don't mm. like the Patriots are good everywhere. But like, where is like the standout? Like, what is the position yeah. the Patriots have that you go? Oh man. They dominate this position compared to other teams. Head coach, like, is that is that it? Like, Ooh, I want I wanted to say the run game, but then it's like it's not even like we have a four star, five star. We just have a bunch of three point five stars at the running back. And I mean, Bill can magic more out of anything than anyone. But I really like the Bills' playoff game was was just a, it was just yeah and it was just proof like this is what the patriots used to do to other teams yeah. they were like the, the up and coming team that was like we're gonna show you what we got and then tom and bill yeah. would be like <laughs> 52 to 7. And, yeah and it would just you know <laughs> and you just you sit there and you chuckle and now the patriots are on the other side of it and they keep you know this is a 12 win team and this is a contender and i just Mac Jones is never going to throw you into like the Super Bowl, so you've got to be really good everywhere else. And he can he could game manage you there. He can make some nice throws, but like I have yet to see Mac Jones like like he has a similar. You know, everyone talks about Joe Burrow's arm strength or whatever. Yeah. You know, if Joe Burrow doesn't have arm strength, which again I laugh at that whole thing, but if 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 you don't need arm strength to be successful or whatever, then Mac Jones should be. 
better than he is. And he's good at times. I think he'll be better this season. Maybe so. I really do. He was, you know, it, it, we, you ask a lot from him last year, and it's fair to say that I'm asking too much of him for that first season. Mm-hmm. Fair. I'm just saying that, like, at no point in his career, back to high school, college, has he ever been, he's not Aaron Rodgers, he's not Tom Brady, he's not one of these dudes. He's never going to be that guy. So you have got to be excellent on defense, and you've got to have skill position players who can score at any time, who can take the top off, who can fuck it yeah. up. They don't have any of that. I mean, you know. I, I'm interested to see what uh, the rookie wide receiver Tyquan Thornton can do for them. Yeah. Because he's probably the fastest guy we've had since Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And I like adding Devontae Parker. Yes. Um, you know, as long I, as he's on the field, I think he'll be valuable to them. Yeah. I mean, like, I like all of these moves. Like, I think they make good moves. I think they make sense. But it's just like... They make good moves. They don't make a, whoa, the Patriots, are they back type of moves? They don't. They haven't made one of those in right. a while. Yeah, like it's, it's the just last a lot time of- they've done something like that was probably Revis. Yeah, I mean, um, have they made any other moves like that? Uh, no, uh, uh, Stefan Gilmore. Yes, Ste- yes Steph, Ste- Steph Gilmore. Is. Yes, yeah. I knew I was forgetting something. Yeah, Steph Miss Gilmore was. I, that is, that is, in my opinion, that's the most successful free agent signing of all time. He won defensive More than Revis, eh? Oh yeah, well because I mean, he won defensive. He won defensive year, player yeah. of the year. He was in contention for defensive player of the year basically every year. The Patriots yeah. won multiple Super Bowls. Like it's it's and and just most big money free agency deals don't work out. And not only did that work out, but he became the best player on the best team in the league over like a four year span. And I just think it's yeah. I don't think there's a ton of other and a lot of people players. considered him the best CB at one point too. Yeah. It was like between him and Ramsey. Yeah, and so I think. Um, um, that's one of the few instances of a big money NFL free agency deal really working. And um, yeah. so I, I do that one I love, but I just, I don't, yeah, I mean, there's nothing about the Patriots that like stands out to me. I just think they're going to be a good team, but I don't, I, you, it's fine. Like, I just, I see Patriots fans like, we're going back to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, unfortunately, we're not going back <laughs> to the Super Bowl. Like, it's not. The AFC is a gauntlet, and the yeah. Patriots are not of – the Patriots are not – any. they didn't even close the gap on the Bills, really. Yeah. So I just – I don't – I'm – I hate to be a downer, but I just – this strange. Well, I just think you're right when you said they're destined for the middle of the pack. I think I think that's kind of what this is. Uh, I think it, it. you basically either have to find two – defensive studs in the draft like unearthed like you know all like yeah. all defense type guys or Mac Jones has to make an unforeseen leap to another level mm-hmm. and until one of those two things happens it's nine wins ten wins whatever you know oh, that's how I feel I'm, uh, I'm not used to this like football was my safe haven from being on a team that is mediocre man and now the Patriots are trending back to where they were for like the better part of like the 80s and 90s ish. Well, uh, I just don't understand what the thought process was moving from Tom Brady to like 
Like I under I understand the Cam Newton thing, but I don't understand. Like that was a transitional year. I'm not gonna like this. Whatever. I don't understand. I was like, a believer in Cam when he first signed. I I was too. I liked that signing. I, I I'm yeah. just saying I'm not gonna in retrospect knock it because overall it was a transitional year. But I just don't understand. I don't know why everyone believes that Mac Jones is just the next Tom Brady simply because he plays in New England. I think that people are missing the point there. Like that's not how it works. Because it's easy to say that because he's the next QB stepping in after the 20 years of Brady. Yeah. But when does that I mean, okay, yeah, okay, Farvin Rogers fine. And then what, Montana and and Young. But other yeah. than that, it basically doesn't happen. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, okay. Speaking of that, you, you, another one. You said AA Ron Super Bowl window shut. You, the, you feel that way, brother? After last year, when I was like, "There's no, there's no better year than for you this year," and then you put up what was it, ten points versus the Forty Niners. I'm like, come on, bro. You only threw to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in that game, and you expected to win. Godspeed. And now he doesn't even have Devontae Adams. And mm-hmm. I, I, and they're, I mean, what is he they throwing even, to now? Yeah, what have they even you done? You don't trust anybody. They, what have they even done? It's like, they, I, dude, I'm, that shit boggles my fucking mind. Like, and it is funny that, you know, it comes off of fresh off of him giving the largest deal in NFL history. Of course, that shit is funny. And a back-to-back MVP. Yeah. I mean, you know, fine with me. Give him the MVP. He deserves it, whatever. But, like, he can't get over the hump. And, like, I'm sorry, but, dude, he's, you know, Peyton Manning lived with that, like, can't win the big game thing for years. Aaron Rodgers has never been given that label. He's only got one Super Bowl. Peyton got two. Peyton also got to other Super Bowls. Like Aaron yep. Rodgers isn't even getting there, man. Like there's at a certain point, like we need to like. It's always something. It's always something. It's never his fault. It's never his. Like I understand shit happens, but it's always shit happens with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. We can go back every single year and point it out every single time. I, my first memory, we have the the Giants where he was the number one seed, 15 and one. Eli just marched up and down the field on him. Got whatever he wanted. Year after that, what was it? Uh, 2013, he got Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> you oh, can man. you can say Colin Kaepernick put on one of the best performances of a lifetime because what was he, he had like 200 rushing yards or something like that. I still think about that game sometimes. Like that was just like that was if you're yeah if you're a Packers fan like that game must give you fucking nightmares because he literally just like he looked like fucking Bo Jackson out there on Super Tech yeah. Bowl like he's just running around motherfuckers like yeah. whoop and just like there was nothing that. That was a he beat. Caught an Elta the 49ers twice, back to back, I'm pretty sure it was. Well, the second time it was like a what was it like a one-point game or something like or a three-point game. Year after that, they're versus the Seahawks now. Defending champion Seahawks. Russell Wilson throws four interceptions. Four interceptions. And they were only able to manage, what was it? 22 points or something like that. He took four interceptions in the first half, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And there was one close to the end of the game. And I yeah. remember, I think it was um, Haha Clinton Dix. He just went down like the game was over. Like he could have at least like tried to run as far as he can. Because I'm pretty sure they didn't get any points on that drive either. Just allowing the the Seahawks to get one last score to put them up, which led to Aaron Rodgers going for a field goal to tie again to OT. Then he doesn't get the the ball in OT. There's his escape. Oh, he never got the ball in OT. Following year, was it um what year are we in? Uh, twenty fifth. They also blew an onside kick in that game, right? Yes, Brandon that, Boston. Right, he blew he the onside to be a hero. Yeah, and, it, so and there's his scapegoat again. That was fucking horrible, though. Like that yep. was that was yeah, and that was yeah. The the overtime was Russell Wilson hit the forty yard touchdown. Yeah, before Rodgers even touched the ball. That game was, I was so mad because I wanted. I wanted the Manny or Brady versus Rodgers. Yes, I wanted Brady Rodgers in the Super Bowl so badly. Especially since we lost on in the season that year too. And it was, we tried to get the ball back and then they killed the clock on us. Yeah, I, that, I wanted that team so bad, but of course it worked out because it was the greatest game of all time that resulted. Definitely. But, um, that uh, next was, year. Oh God, here Let's we go. Let's go to next year. I, I, I've got, I've got do it, it do it, do it. Let's do it, the Packers history. It, kill, it's kill kind it. of blurry, but I got you. So now we're getting 2015. Um, I believe this is Arizona. Yeah. They were trailing for a majority of this game. He gets bailed out by uh, what's his name, Jeff Janice, I believe, or something yeah. like that. It's yeah. Jeff Janice. He yeah. threw the hail mary, gets them the tie, gets into OT. Then he gets another excuse because Larry Fitzgerald catches the the broken plate and runs it all the way to the five yard. Then he gets the little shuffle pass, gets into the end zone. Arizona advances, eventually loses to the Panthers. Grand opening. So he gets the, the, the OT excuse once again. 2016, I believe this is the year he's hurt. I, I believe he's hurt. Collarbone. I could be wrong about that. 2017 now. Um, this is where it gets faded. Uh, I, I feel like 2017, didn't he miss the first part of the season off the collarbone thing? Or was that? I'm pretty sure he missed the back half. Off you missed the back. Okay, it was the okay. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's hazy uh, for sure for me. Then in I, 2018, he had the knee injury. He missed the playoffs again. Mike McCarthy gets fired. 2019, um, was this the year they lost to the 49ers again? They lost to the 49ers. He got run off the field. Like right. yeah, that pass rush was ferocious that year. He could not do anything. Next year is the Bucks when they yep. when they laid up late they in the game. They blame Kevin the King. Field. They blame Kevin King again. And they kicked the field goal late. And mm-hmm. uh and then he, the- a lot of people say he could have tried to scramble. It's pretty much between him and Devin White. Devin White believes he would have been able to get to him in time. Uh, I don't know. It, it would have been a foot race between him and Devin White at that point. But the throw back across the middle, they go for the field goal. He gets the asterisk of, oh, they went for the field goal instead of going for the points. Then we have this year, 
where he loses to the 49ers again. The 49ers pretty much just own him at this point. But it's just, there's so many things. It's excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse with this guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't disagree with you. Like, I think that, I, again, I feel kind of the same way I felt with, with Peyton Manning. Like, it's always, there's always a reason in everyone's mind, it's like, oh, it's this, it's that, it's this, defense. it's that. He yeah, didn't have a good it's the defense, defense, it's the receiver, it's the coaching, it's the running backs. But it's never like Aaron Rodgers is bad in the playoffs. And but that's the actual answer. That's that's really the answer is, and that's the thing about Tom Brady, right? Is that mm-hmm. Tom Brady is not the most athletically gifted guy in the world. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He just goes to another level in the playoffs that most dudes don't go to. And, and see, just- you know, what's the funny thing. Everyone's like, oh, it's Belichick, it's Belichick. Ah, great defense, Belichick, Belichick, Belichick. What every doc or everything reporting after the fact when they were talking about their championship run, the one constant thing everybody says it's like hey i know things are bad but we got tom brady we believe man we believe with with tom brady like there's just a sense of when you got a guy and he just makes you believe that you can come back it 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 does something different like i i compared him to a rpg character where it's like (laughs) his perk is when he's on the field everybody gets a stat boost that's that's what it's like with Tom Brady. Whenever when he's on your side, everyone just feels like, "Yo, we got a shot." As long as we got this guy, even the Rams game, like they lost, but like he goes down and leads four touchdown drives to bring him back in the game, and they blow it on defense. Like that's not on him. Like he should have, he could have played yep. a better first half, sure. But I'm just saying, like even when Tom, like like even when he has, it's like, oh, it ended. But he still fucking had like a. He ends it with a touchdown pass mm-hmm. against Jalen Ramsey. Like, like even when it's and not- even, even you remember the one snippet with uh in the the Falcon Super Bowl with Muhammad Sanu and he's like, yeah. hey man, we we in the game. <laughs> and then the guy's like, yeah, but it's Tom Brady, Taylor though. Jenkins, Taylor <laughs> Jenkins, yeah, like Muhammad Sanu just and Taylor that Jenkins. type of mentality. It, when you can invoke that into your opponents, you know how much power you have at that point. A lot, a lot, (laughs) dude. I yeah, I was I was at a bar during that game, and like people were laughing, and I was like losing my shit. I had to go home because I was so angry that people were like laughing and having a good time during the game. We had to go home. Like I was because I it was a Patriots bar, and I was like, and I was like looking at my friends. I was like, I don't want to fucking be here. I was like in such a horrible mood. It's so funny. (laughs) That whole story is so ridiculous. I'm I was such a I used to be the biggest fucking whiny bitch anyway um i I, dude hey i used to be terrible i'll tell the truth but anyway um that day yeah that one will live forever but it's it's true yeah that i love that moment when he's like we're gonna put 40 on their ass and taylor jenkins like "Uh, it's tom brady though man he's like yeah but they've never seen this he's like it's tom brady man like that i bet taylor jenkins fucking hates himself for that shit like i bet he like you know what i mean i called it (laughs) he's like going up to his own teammates saying that shit speaking of which you mentioned this too like the the whole brady rams saints thing i mean Mm -hmm. you know obviously we've seen that the saints have i don't worry about the saints so much i know that they he's 0-4 against them in the regular season but he whooped their ass in the playoffs so i just kind of don't that one but doesn't a lot of people so much. say it was more about Drew being bad than him. 
Maybe so. But the Saints didn't even make the playoffs last year. So it's hard yeah. for me to be too scared of them. And like, what are they going to do this year? That's, I don't, yeah. I, I think that, you know, Dennis Allen. They got better. They got uh, Chris Olave, the wide receiver. Jameis is coming back. Yeah. yeah. He looked nice when but, he was there. But Mike Evans is healthy now. And yeah. Russell Gage is there. And when Chris yeah. Godwin comes back, that's going to help. By the way, we haven't yeah. even talked about it. Gronk. Deciding mm-hmm. to hang him up, man. Uh, that makes me it makes me sad that Gronk retired. Like, cause I really thought he had one more year. I kind of felt like this was Tom's last year. I thought this would be Gronk's Is there anything year. Gronk really can do to improve his legacy at this point? Like uh if, I don't if he's I, not your GOAT tight end, he's top three. I mean, I don't know that he necessarily could have improved his legacy, but I think that you can always use his size and hands in the red zone. Yeah. And yes. so I I think that Tampa Bay will miss him in that scenario. But I, I am really excited to see Tom Brady and Russell Gage. But I mean, I think the Bucks are pretty, they're pretty well set at, you know, tight end receiver. I think they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. The, I, I just, I worry about the Rams more than the Saints is all I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, that that's, that's how I feel. But I don't. I don't know like do the rams like strike fear into your heart or anything like are you like are you suddenly on the matthew stafford train you know what i'm saying i just think they had a good year i, I think he's helped his reputation of oh he puts up numbers but he loses a lot i think he's helped that reputation especially since like he put on the drive that they needed to to win that game yeah so uh, I think- but you're not like on the. Some people are like Matthew Stafford could make the Hall of Fame. I'm like, yo, you, if he wins another one and he puts up numbers, it, I think that door opens. I, he's got to win at least one more Super Bowl, and he's got to yeah. have like three or four winning seasons with the Rams because his mm-hmm. his his Lions years are bad. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't just erase that stuff and just you know, like, I, it's, yeah. I know that people want to, but it's. He was great, but he also threw like two picks in the Super Bowl. Like, he's not, you know, like it wasn't, I don't know. I I just, there was a sense, there was like a sense that the game was getting away from them until I remember there was the one Aaron Donald, like, tackle for loss where he pretty much killed all their momentum and And made themselves for a field goal. That's the thing. It's like, you don't win that Super Bowl without Aaron Donald, but you probably can win that Super Bowl without Matt Stafford. That's my thing. Like, like to me, that Super Bowl win is way more in the, like, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Like, I just... You know, I'm just saying, like, I, that is so Matt Stafford winning a Super Bowl doesn't mean much to me. Winning a second Super Bowl, I think, then I, I start to listen to that a little bit. But, like, like there have been some pretty mediocre motherfuckers who won a Super Bowl. All right, so if, Sarah, if he makes a first-team All-Pro and wins the Super Bowl, gets a Super Bowl MVP, would you say he's Hall of Famer at that point? I mean... He's going to have a ton of yards. He's going to be near the top in a lot of different categories just because he's been in the league so long. He's had, you know, so many. I mean, I and I think he's going to play a few more years. I think I, I think he'll probably be close. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'd say I think if he wins another Super Bowl, I think so, because I mean, I think I mean, it's. Again, he'd have to have a couple of. 
it's one of those things where like, what if, what if the back half of his career was as good as the front half of his career was bad? You know what I'm saying? Like if they win two Super Bowls and they win 12 games every season and he throws 5,000 yards every year and, you know, his numbers are comparable and he's got two rings and, you know, Aaron Rodgers retires with one, it's going to be difficult to say that, you know, he can't be there, but Mm -hmm. I've got to see at least one more Super Bowl from that. That's one more. You said a second ago, um, if you don't think Gronk is the best of all time, he's top three. You think he's the best of all time, right? Yeah. Because I because I have a little bit yeah. of a, I have a bone to pick with everyone who fucking says he's not. Because here's the thing that drives me crazy. Anytime he is the best tight end of all time. And anytime anyone they tries use to make, longevity. Yeah, they use they use longevity, but they also use receiving yards. And they try to talk mm-hmm. about Travis Kelsey's yards and blah 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 blah. Tight end is not receiver. You have to be able to block. And Gronk was a fucking offensive fucking tackle out there. And that is a goddamn huge difference. And the thing is, even with his longevity, 10 years, you know, he played like what, like 12 years, but like 10 years of he retired one season, he was injured a couple of times, but nine seasons of like high level tight end and offensive line play, that's Mm -hmm. fucking worth way more than like, 600 yards a year that you get from some of these dudes like i just it's shit. why it's why i made the argument that shannon sharp should be in consideration for goat as well because while shannon sharp doesn't have the same type of numbers that like a tony gay gonzalez has he Shannon sharp was also a good blocker because he was from a special teams background it is true shannon sharp was a very shannon sharp was a tough player he was a very good and blocker. he had most of the records for tight end before he well at his retirement too so he was true. pretty much the standard at his retirement shannon was the best tight end of all time when he retired i, I think that's fair and i think that you know tony gonzalez was maybe near the best of all time when he retired fine whatever but what Gronk has done it just so far so I hear people talk about Travis Kelsey all the time Travis Kelsey it's not even close number one Gronk was an integral part of multiple Super Bowl champions not one multiple Super Bowl champions number two Travis Kelsey could not block me so I don't want to fucking hear any of this shit, okay? And number- but you know, they use they use the Falcons here against him because, oh, Brady won just as fine without him. We weren't down 28 to three or anything. Like, it wasn't a monumental comeback. It wouldn't have fucking helped maybe to have his most trusted player on the field. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. <laughs> this shit is so fucking stupid. Gronk has like nine seasons of high-level offensive tackle and high-level tight end play. Put it together, yeah. that's fucking 18 seasons of elite play. So fuck anything from Travis Kelsey. I don't even want to hear that shit. And I just get so fucking tired of Chiefs fans. Oh, Bobo, he did this. Gronk had 17 touchdowns in his second year. Suck a dick. I don't care. I get so and, fucking yeah, tired t- of hearing Travis this is not really close to Gronk when it comes to total touchdowns either. Yeah, it's and and it yeah, yeah, it's all one about the best yardage. red zone threats. One it's all, of the best red zone threats. It's all yardage with that dude, and that's great. Then call him mm-hmm. a wide receiver, and he's the hundredth greatest wide receiver of all time. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm just so I'm so fucking tired of hearing that dude's name. <laughs> I get so fucking tired of well, Jimmy well, Greg Olson, well, Travis Kelsey, shut up. It's Gronk. It's always been Gronk. It always will be Gronk. The only person who might be better than Gronk is if he has a kid. 
then I'll listen to arguments about it. But until then, I <laughs> I'm really sick of this shit. I don't want to hear it. Gronk is the best tight end of all time. You, um, you had it. You hit me with a few more here. Um, oh, oh, God, that one was my favorite one. Um, we talked about the AFC West. Do you think? You said do you think the West and the North is more competitive. Like, are you that high on the AFC North? Because it seems like Deshaun's going to be out for a year. Uh, well, with Deshaun being out, that kind of changes everything. It's more of a three-team division now, sort of like the NFC West. Yeah. Because I don't really think anybody's expecting Kenny Pickett to be in playoff contention out of the gates. No, I mean, I don't. I don't even know what the Steelers are necessarily going to do. Like, I don't even know what the plan is. I mean, if Chase Claypool is a top three wide receiver like he says he is, then maybe, uh, maybe I mean, they're in their hunt. I mean, I would never put it past Mike Tomlin to figure out a way to win games anyway. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think the Steelers are still going to be the Steelers in terms of you don't want to fucking play them. But yeah. I don't know that they're like, I don't think they have most of their money in the defense. So yeah. they're yeah. always going to be a tough game. I mean, they're, yeah, they're like the 2000 Ravens. Like that's their route is like, we'll try to beat you on defense every single game and luck into a couple touchdowns on offense. Like I don't, I, I just, I don't, I think the AFC West is the most competitive division, maybe all time. So all time, I, eh? Dude, I can't think yeah. of another time that there were four teams in a division like this. Like, I mean, Last year's NFC West was pretty goddamn good too. I mean, they, I, you know, there there have been some, but these. But uh, Russell are, Wilson injuring like throughout the season, it kind of it throws impacted. it off. Yeah, and Kyler Murray was hurt down the stretch, and and you know, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. Like it's and you know, the Rams kind of run away with it, but you know, also like the Rams were underwhelming in the regular season at times. It's it was yeah. a weird it was a weird year. Um, so they I had just, a stretch where Stafford was throwing a bunch of interceptions. Yeah. A lot of people forget about that. Though. And so I do kind of think about like, you know, I, I just, I really do think this year's AFC West could be like the best division that we've ever seen. But mm. it'll take, you know, it'll take some, some things have to break the right way, obviously, because we all know that you know, one or two things go one way and suddenly we're like, wow, this division was supposed to be good. And all three yep. all teams are two and four. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yep. we've seen it happen. Um, this is my favorite of the other stuff you threw out there. The Trevor yeah. Lawrence watch. Uh, are you, are you like that? Are you that far off of him? Like was his, was his year that year, like that concerning to you? Cause I will say, he threw a couple of passes at times that I was like, God damn, that motherfucker can spin it. But then there were other times when I was like, what is going the fuck on here? So I don't know. It almost feels like it almost feels like he went from playing on rookie mode to being shell shocked now that it's on all pro. <laughs> and he's like, oh. Cause remember, like what they said, he only lost like he never lost a regular season game since like high school or something like that. Right, right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so like now to go from that to you're did losing they even every get single week. Game? They did they even get two games this season? How many games did they win this? I year? think they won two. Yeah, I think they went two and fourteen. Yeah. There you go. Or two so and fifteen or whatever. <laughs> it, I, I I need to see something. 
Like, I'm not asking you to go out and make the playoffs, but at least go out there and show people, hey, this is the reason why they went out and got the number one guy. Because we saw it with Justin Herbert. Like, they, they were losing a lot of games, but you still saw, hey, this guy Herbal. It makes sense why the Chargers went out and got him. You saw it with Burrow, too. Like, yeah. like Burrow, even in his rookie season, before he got hurt, like, you were like, all right, this dude... This dude is what's up. And I like there are a few times where Trevor Lawrence, there was one game where against the Colts, I think it was, he threw like a back shoulder fade for a touchdown. And I was just like, it was a gorgeous fucking throw. Yeah. I'm like, the, And it was from like the 37. And so like he had to have, he, he was a laser. And I was just like, you know, not a lot of dudes can make that throw. And so he has those moments where like, you're like, all right, I get it. But then, like, like they ran him so often. And some of a lot of it was Urban Meyer's a fucking moron. I get that. So I'm not, you know, like, I I laughed so hard at that hiring. I was like, this is the stupidest fucking thing. It's obviously going to fail. This is dumb as shit. Obviously, it failed. It was dumb as shit. But, like, I, like they, they like, use him as, like, an option quarterback. It, it was fucking terrible. But, like, also, yeah. when they didn't do that, he's still missing passes it like he missed throws that i'm like well, you have no business missing these and so i just i was i came away from trevor lawrence for season like concerned hmm. now i don't think that anyone could have succeeded in the urban meyer system but like there are certain things i feel like you should still do that i just don't like i'm not like i don't like he's not a lock to be like a top half of the league quarterback to me he's got to prove that to me at this point yeah and that's I don't even think that's necessarily like on him. I just think there's a lot of good QBs out right now that he has to do more than just the bare minimum. Fair, but this dude was supposed to be the best guy coming out of college since like Andrew Luck. And that is not the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my one thing about this is like, everyone was like, this dude is the next coming of, you know, the next Brady and the next Manning and the next Rodgers. And and he's not any of those things right now. And it's worth noting how far off he is from those things. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think it's, I think it is, I think it's worth noting. A couple more things. Um, What do you think? You mentioned these two. I, one I agree with, one I don't. Eagles to win the NFC East, I agree with. Bears in the NFC North, I think, is a joke. <laughs> I think the Bears. I was just throwing so it out away. there. Just you I know, know just... I know. I just that. The, I think the Bears are still so far away. I, I don't hate every single thing they've done, like I did in years past. But I think that, like, man, they're it's. And before I forget, I, I just wanted to spin back to the the tight end talk. Okay, hit me. Kyle Pitts. When it's all said and done, that he we could be talking about him with uh, Gronk and uh, the other greats. Fair. Just want to put that out. Fair. That yeah. dude is built in a lab. That's fair. That's fair. We got it. Well, uh, but he's got to do it first. Yes. He's, but but it's, it's he has he has the physical attributes to get there in the end. It's worth so noting. It's it's up to him to maximize that potential. I just wanted to put that out there. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Of all the dudes out there right now, he's the one dude that has that. I'll agree with that. But uh, but yeah, I don't. I'm not high on the Bears at all. The Eagles, I think, are interesting. They've made. They got. They improved. Yeah. And this is this is uh, Jalen Hurts' year to either put up or shut up. Well, they and they gave him. 
more they gave him help and yes. they and they've they you know they didn't do the thing they did with sam bradford where they were kind of like ah fuck you <laughs> we're gonna do whatever we want they yeah. they they invested in him and they've basically given him like if if jalen hurts fails this year then it's on him because i think yeah. that the eagles have done enough to give him enough weapons to say you're gonna we're gonna open up the offense for you we're gonna let you throw we're gonna let you run we're gonna let you do your thing and we need to win 11 games and if we don't do that we're headed to the draft you yeah. know like i think that's and i and i don't disagree with that i think i have always liked jalen hurts especially since he moved from oklahoma so i think this is a prime opportunity for him and i would like to see him succeed and i think this is a good mm -hmm. chance for him to do so i do think the eagles can win that division but i also think part of that is that division is fucking terrible like <laughs> Well, definitely it's been terrible for like how long yeah i mean the nfc east is the biggest joke in the NFL. but i think i think the commanders could uh maybe get a couple of games make uh people think oh could they actually win the division yeah i mean i just i don't it's gonna be uh, it all depends carson on wentz, wentz as well. it's carson yeah. wentz i just i can't yeah. I've never been a believer in Wentz. I'm not a believer in Wentz now, and I don't know what Ron Rivera is going to do to set the Wentzylvania. You remember Wentzylvania? From whence it came, baby. I just don't. I don't. And then shed it sharp with the walk it to him. Oh, God. I just, <laughs> I just can't. I'm just not with it. I can't. I can't buy into the Wentz thing. I think he's the reason that Indianapolis. Uh, oh, was, well, you know, they, they needed one game in the final finale, and he woefully underperformed yeah any moment that they had an opportunity to make a leap to make a statement he just completely fell apart and yeah i just don't remember the bucks game too i mean uh, that was a bad one too because they I mean, had that lead and then didn't do nothing in the second half i and i just i just you know, they wasted a phenomenal season from Jonathan Taylor Definitely. with with a dude who, and you know, now they're going to expect that from Jonathan Taylor again, which you're never going to get that season again. I don't think so, because everybody's going to see him come in now. Yeah. Well, yeah, you get one season like that from every running back where nobody is prepared for how good they are and nobody has tape on them and understands their tendencies and blah, blah. You get one of those. If mm -hmm. you get if you get multiple of those, you're Barry fucking Sanders. It's just- I still think, I still think you'll have a, a thousand yard season yeah. but to he'll put be. up the, that type of season no, i don't think he'll yeah. do it again he'll, he'll put up some nice numbers but i don't think he's derrick henry where he's gonna have four years in a row of just like ungodly you know we'll see mm -hmm. but i think derrick henry's gonna take a step back this season too i agree with that i do like matt ryan in indianapolis though i yes. do like that and i do think that is one thing that can keep jonathan taylor going i think that move mm -hmm. was smart and i do think that the colts I think they could be on the doorstep of being contenders because I I really like that fit. I, I like. He's that also an underrated receiving back too. Agreed. Yeah. So you don't have to necessarily always just hand it off to him. You can yeah. give him a little. And I know that I know that Matt Ryan's been losing a lot in Atlanta. But if you watch those games, like Matt Ryan can still sling it, mm -hmm. and it would very often be like he would score twenty four points, but Atlanta would give up forty five. And it's just yeah. like it's not that he can't play. But I, so I kind of, I. And Calvin Ridley decided to, you know, just take some time off to go gamble. Dude, I, I, I would, uh, I'd need a mental health break from that team too, man. I ain't even fucking kidding. Like, 
I was can't it really believe- a mental health break or was he just trying to play the numbers full time? <laughs> we can't. I we don't know his heart, but considering what came out after the fact, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm gonna just go with the official mention mental health break. And I would just think about say think about. I would want to play in Atlanta either. Regardless of what the reason was, mental health break or not, I wouldn't <laughs> want to play for that team no matter what. So, I mean, I guess for Mariota, it makes sense just because he can start. But, like, I don't understand, like, after all the success that um, uh, the running back, oh, my God, I'm such an old man now. Uh, no, uh, the Atlanta. Um, Mike the, Davis. The receiver, Cordero Patterson. Oh, all yes. The, all the, the success hybrid. he's had. Yeah, all the success he's had the last couple of years. Because like, of us. Well, yeah, but I can't believe he went back to Atlanta too. Like I'm like, dude, go win somewhere. Don't you know? He just likes being there. I guess. Well, he's already like got a championship, so I guess he's content. Yeah, that's fine. Be a featured back. I guess that's the point. Mm-hmm. Did he make the Pro Bowl this year playing that role? He did. He was really good. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I'll give it to you. What's uh, what are your what do you think? Final thoughts on the NFL? Any other hot takes? Anything you want to say before we? <sighs> wind this one down on this upcoming season it's gonna be exciting but it's far away i wish it was now um uh let's see do i have any hot takes uh josh allen wipes the floor with the chiefs this year oh i like that one <laughs> that's interesting i really fucking hate the chiefs so i even though the 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 bills knocked the patriots out last year i like that one a lot i think it's gonna be a very interesting season. Do you think Josh Allen is like like an MVP candidate this year? Is that kind yes. of what you're Lamar right. Jackson Conference Championship. Conference Championship appearance? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know about that. The Ravens traded Hollywood Brown. I'm a little concerned about the offense. I don't know. Mm. It's Lamar. I know. But I'm just saying, like, it's mm. going to be... It's gonna be it's gonna be one hell of a year. I feel that I, I as much as I don't like to say it, but I feel like Hollywood they they ex, they brought him in expecting him to do something that isn't really his game. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, I agree with that, but I also don't I don't think there's any way that they can say that they got better without him like i don't you know i, I don't think that you yeah. can like take him away from your offense and be like we're better now you know i mean i think yeah that, you know i mean i think that 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 is like he uh, he didn't feel like a natural wide receiver one to me no i i agree with that i don't think that he's i don't think that he's in line with the best receivers in the league but i think that he fits in what the cardinals want to do really fucking well yeah. i like that trade a lot um mm. i i just i just I don't know. Like as always, I don't know what the fuck the Ravens. He's are gonna, gonna replace on. Christian Kirk, if I believe. That. Well, yeah. I mean, D Hop yeah. is out for the first six games, so he's gonna yes, have to do yes, more than yes. that at first. But I think he's gonna fit in great in Arizona. I just don't know for the Ravens. Like I just, I know they made some moves. I just, it's a very. Won't they be getting a lot of their running backs? They get Dobbins back this season. Too, yeah, that should help. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I mean. Is Bateman, that the plan? We're gonna have we're gonna Bateman's have the triple headed rushing up. attack in twenty twenty three. Like I just I don't know, man. It just it feels a little 
Hopefully Rashad Bateman makes that leap then. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting season. I still think that Lamar should move to a team that actually doesn't want to run. Did he even resign yet? Did no. He, he, uh, he's so still holding out, right? Yeah, and so that's the other thing is like, how is that gonna work? You know, because mm-hmm. at one point it looked like he was just gonna play out his thing and you know go the franchise route and now it seems like he doesn't want to play without a deal he's his own agent i don't know it's just an interesting thing i don't think he should play without a deal i think he should get that paper you know yeah get aaron Rodgers' contract out (laughs) extend it or or actually get deshaun watson's contract out and and be like i don't have any fucking sexual assault allegations 275 yeah and i've won an mvp 275 million dollars please and you know fully guaranteed by the way and uh, you know, you—that's how you start that negotiation. I don't think he's wrong, because that's how the NFL does it. And I've said that before. I, he needs to either get the most money in the history of the NFL, or he needs to not play for the Ravens, because they're going to run his ass into the ground. Yeah. So, that's my thoughts, man. I appreciate you coming on so much, though, dude. It is always a pleasure to have you here to spout your insanity because your insanity is the only insanity that can match my insanity. <laughs> Across three hey, man. meetings, no Hey, less. man. Believe it or not, for those of you who are watching, I did this man a favor because I could have brought up the fact that I kind of foreshadowed what was going to happen with Luca, and this guy was ready to block me on everything. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. I think you're making shit up right now. This sounds like a lie to me. This sounds like one of those lies that you tell. You and your stories. I don't buy it. I don't I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I don't, don't even know worry. what you're talking he about. He knows the truth. It's nah. between me and him. Nah, he knows the truth. This, this fool's lying. You can't hide from your truth forever. Nah, this, this fool's lying. This fool's lying. I don't, even, I don't even know why I let this guy in the show, man. I don't even know what. I don't know. This dude can't let liars on this show. This show is for truth telling. This show is for speaking the truth to power and, and telling the truth about, about Luka Doncic being terrible at basketball and getting lucky. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. right. Lucky. Lucky Luca. Mm. That's his new nickname. Lucky mm. Luca. That's why his jersey number is 77, because he's lucky as fuck. <laughs> oh man. He should be playing oh. for Boston, four leaf clover I'm ass I'm motherfucker. I'm gonna give you a, a virtual hug there. Yeah, I need one. This, this, <laughs> this has not been a good this has not been a good offseason for me. If we get Kevin Durant, I'll be okay. If this ends up with some like, like I see like some of these trades, like the people are proposing, if this ends up as like some sort of like DeAndre Ayton for two like veteran role players thing, I'm gonna fucking like, I don't know. I might, yeah. I might just explode. Like I'll just spontaneously combust. Like I'm gonna need, I need Kevin Durant. I need Kevin Durant, that's it. I need Kevin fucking Durant. That is acceptable. Other than that, it's a failure. You gotta, you gotta, you know, uh, set up your candles. Yeah. So meditate. Yeah. There you go. That's a good idea. I'm gonna go buy a whole fucking shitload of candles right now at KevinDurantCandles.com. I'm gonna start a website and buy candles for myself. <laughs> when uh, when football season comes around, we're gonna do this shit weekly and talk yes, about sir. everything going on every week. Let's yes, make sir. it happen. All right. Yes. We're, we're the new media now, right? The new media, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, 
gonna we're gonna join Kevin Durant and Draymond Green in the new media. It's very exciting. We've gone yes. from blog boys to new media in only a decade, baby. It's very <laughs> exciting. Saying a whole bunch of things you can't find anywhere else. Oh, nowhere. Only here. Only here. This is the the truest place oh to find the truest goodness. dude. Listen, that I listened to Draymond Green's podcast. I'm like, let, let, let me just indulge myself. Let me just, you know, may, maybe he's talking about something that I won't find anywhere else. Everything he said, I literally could go on YouTube right now and they're saying the exact same. <laughs> I I don't know what Draymond is necessarily. I mean, what what is he going to say? It's provocative. The, well, this new media title is provocative. But it's not like he's going to really say shit. And he's gonna like, he's gonna be like, we're gonna try to ice the pick and roll every time that Marcus Smart comes. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not gonna actually yeah. fucking say anything. He's gonna be all, well, we're gonna play defense and these motherfuckers in the media, blah, blah, blah. Steph is the best. He's just saying like general bullshit. Like, nobody, like, he just says whatever the fuck he wants. And then people are like, quote it, like, oh my God, look at Draymond, his podcast. Just like, this whole thing is so fucking stupid, man. Like, it just makes me laugh at like, like the Boston coaches were like listening to his podcast as if he's going to like say something like mm-hmm. he's going to like, or what, what is Drake going to say? You know, we intend to shoot a lot of three pointers in this series. Oh my fucking God, guys. Did you hear that? They're going to shoot a lot of threes. We got to stop it. Like what, what is, I just, all of this stuff just kills me, man. Like the, the uh, podcast get yourself, get yourself a podcast, be an NBA player, your new media now. Yeah. It, the whole th- podcasting is literally just so that people can sit around and bullshit with their friends about the things that they like to talk about, and then people who don't have friends can listen to it. That's literally what this <laughs> shit is. And NBA players are like, I'm going to revolutionize this by doing that, but also being famous. And it's like, it's not, you're not, and you're not going to fucking say Like I said, it's just a title. It's a title just to get the people going. Well, yeah, plus, because, dude, you know they're not going to say anything because they all kiss each other's asses now. And yeah. just all this, like, it's all love, baby. Like, they're hugging at the end of the, f- I do miss the 90s. Like, Michael Jordan fucking hated everyone he played against. And I kind of miss that. Yeah. I hate how all these dudes are best friends. And everyone loves each other so much. Like it, let's well, it's because they, they of... all pretty much grew up together yeah. doing like AAU and yep. stuff. So everybody's there, yeah. you know. And I and I and, and I'm not trying to say that there should be like real fucking hatred, but like, man, let's have some like I want I want some rivalries again. Because not everybody has to be friends, right? Here. It doesn't. We don't all have to fucking like kumbaya at the end of every mm. goddamn game. And we don't. I, I miss when dudes would be like, man, that guy fucking sucks. I whooped yeah. his, I ran his ass off the court, but you know, and that's one thing that's funny is someone pointed out, like, it was on Twitter, I don't know who the fuck it was, but like, Steph Curry has the good guy image, but he is like one of the most disrespectful. He's a dickhead. Yeah, he's one of the most disrespectful motherfuckers in the world. He's shimmying on the court. When Steve the Curry Warriors was look like, like a fucking oh. AAU team jumping off the bench and shit, like, they fucking look like that. When Kerr was like, oh, he's just as humble as Tim Duncan, I'm like, Yo, am I in the twilight zone? Yo, yo, if he's as humble as Tim Duncan, then so the fuck am I, okay? Then, because you, you gotta be fucking kidding me. The dude dances on the court. They literally jump off the, like, they look like an AAU team. And, like, yeah. you, you can't say shit about it now because they just won the title again, so, like, Dude, fuck the me. The victor goes to spoils. Exactly. But it's just one of those things where, like, <laughs> People are like, oh, Steph Curry's such a... Steph Curry's Don't dick. lie. Don't He's lie. <laughs> but I kind of <laughs> like that about him. Like, I like John yeah. Morant John Morant is a 
dick. Uh, everyone on Memphis is a dick, and that's why we like them because yeah. they're assholes to everyone else. And that it's it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, because everybody's too friendly, and then when you see somebody who reminds you of the time when you know things were more abrasive. Yeah, you, like you I like it. I hate Memphis because like I hate them, but like I love them. Like like I love mm-hmm. to hate them. Like that yes. was the thing about Kobe is like Kobe was the ultimate villain. Like Kobe would like come in your city and beat your team and then be like, fuck you, I don't care. And that's like, the, and he would like talk down to other people. Like Kobe yeah. was the epitome of what, but he's still like, then in the off season, he's still working out with guys, but it's not like on camera, on Twitter all the time being like, you're just as good as me. It's all luck, big keep dog. Keep doing your thing, bro. Keep doing your thing, bro. You're gonna get back. No, like, I don't want you to keep doing your thing yeah. because if you keep doing your thing, it's gonna get in way of me doing my thing. Yes, I just want a little bit more of that. Like, I feel like the 2K League has more of that shit than like the NBA at this point. And I just want, yeah. I just want a little bit of it, but hey, it is what it is. We're going to do this every single week in the NFL season. I appreciate you coming on. We'll talk again soon. Yes, Because I can't do this show without you. You're my podcast soulmate. So I'll see you. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> right. my guy. All right, bro. Always a pleasure. We'll talk soon, man. Yes, sir. Peace. I appreciate my man B for stopping by, as he always does. It was only right that he would be the first guest of season three because he's made so many goddamn appearances on this show. Had to make it happen. Now, let's talk about gambling pick of the day. I was on the Truth Be Told Sports Podcast the other day, and we talked Stanley Cup, and I was just talking about how the Avalanche kind of blown me away as one of the best teams I'd ever seen. Um, And that, you know, game two was one of the most dominant Stanley Cup games I'd ever seen. Well, the Lightning managed to pull out that night actually while we were doing the show the lightning managed to win game three but um that happiness was short-lived the avalanche got it done again today came back to win in overtime um and it's i think it's a pretty secure deal at this point that the abs are going to win but i'll tell you what i love over six in game five today was only five goals it was under It's going to be all-out desperation from the Lightning. The Avs are going to be trying to win the Cup. I know that everyone's going to try to play pristine defense and all of that, but I just think we're going to see fireworks in this next game. And give me the over. I wouldn't dare take the under in this series. I was a little unsure today. I just took both teams scoring at least two goals, parlayed with the Brewers plus one and a half, hit that one. But I'm telling you what, I definitely love the over in this game. And uh, as far as my record on these go, I missed the first one, but I did hit my last one. Kale McCarr did manage to get a power play point. And so that uh, locked in that win. So I'm one and one in these so far, and I'm about to be fucking two and one. Take it to the bank. It's the gambling pick of the day. Normally at this point, I would do a television show review. But I'm going to go ahead and skip a television show review this episode. I'm going to do two separate movies that I watched recently. One of which was good, one of which not so good. Again, I'm going to tell you at this point, spoilers. You know how I like to do spoilers. I'm going to just sit here and tell you what I think, and I don't want to fucking think about telling you whether or not you want to hear the ending. So if you don't want to hear it, don't fucking listen to the spoilers. Maybe I won't say everything I don't know, but the point is shut it off if you don't want to hear it, or at least skip forward to the rap verse of the day, which is surely to be fire as usual, but... The point is, two movies, no show. Let's dive in and talk about them. 
I'm going to start first with the one that I liked and that is more recent. Missed it in theaters, but I wanted to see the unbearable weight of massive talent a lot, and it delivered. It's a good fucking movie. It's funny. It's interesting reading Nicolas Cage talk about himself in this movie. In this movie, he plays this sort of loser version of Nicolas Cage, who's a bad family man, who's fallen on his luck as an actor, who's trying to get that big role to make it back. Now, in some ways, that's true in terms of, you know, Nick Cage not being on top of the world right now as an actor. Fair enough. But as he said himself in an article I read after watching the movie, you know, a version of Nicolas Cage who doesn't want to be around his kid doesn't exist. But that's sort of the version of Nicolas Cage in this movie. So you just go in going to yourself, okay, this is a falsified version. This is a ridiculous version. I'm just going to enjoy this sort of ridiculous self-portrayal that he puts out there. And it's honestly fun as fuck. The movie is is good. It is funny. It is ridiculous. There's a few twists. There's a little bit of violence. There's some action. It's a good fucking time. And, you know, if you've seen all the previews, you've seen the stupid thing where they're like on the wall and he's like, you know, I'll never forget you. And then it turns out they can walk around the wall. I was like, I don't understand why this is funny. Well, they're on acid at the time. Ah, suddenly it makes so much more sense. But the point is... The movie is goofy, it's a fucking good time. And it's too bad that it didn't make a ton of money because I feel like it's not going to help Nick Cage in terms of, you know, getting the next blockbuster or whatever. But hopefully it gets him out of doing just like B-movies. Because for a while there, I don't know if it was just about making payments on the 800 fucking houses he owned or whatever, but he was doing a whole lot of B and C-level movies that like... Nicholas fucking Cage should not be in. So at the very least, the fact that he did a really good job and gave a great performance, this movie is funny as hell, you know, uh, it should be enough that hopefully people, you know, bring him back into the mainstream. And the other dude who's in, I think it's Pedro Pascal. I don't know if that's the right fucking name, whatever. The point is that dude, if that's the correct dude, did a good damn job too. It's just an interesting fucking movie. I don't think that it's breaking any barriers. I don't think that it's the most unique plot in the history of the world. But it's just funny shit. I found myself laughing several times. So, you know, what are you going to do about that? You know, it's just enjoyable. It's just a good time. It's a movie that you should watch. And it's a movie that I'll definitely watch again. I really don't have any bones to pick with it. I mean, it's not perfect. It's not like a 10 out of 10. It's not... You know, I'm slapping my knees, crying, laughing, and it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, and I'm putting it on every list. It's just a good film, and it's a movie that you should watch, and it's interesting watching people like Nicolas Cage, you know, parody themselves. That's one thing that I would love to do. I I truly enjoy when people provide parody of themselves. When they go out there and say, fuck it, I'm going to have a good-ass time, and I'm going to just be myself, and I'm going to do... A version of myself that isn't real, but that I wish was real. Like Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. Is it really Larry David? Is that how he acts every single day? No. But it's fun as fuck. And that's honestly how I felt about this movie. It's it's like Nicolas Cage in a slightly different multiverse or something to that effect. But it just works. It's funny. It's goofy. It's a good time. And, you know, you can probably see the ending coming from a mile fucking away. But, you know, it doesn't matter. That's not really the point. It just, it's well worth the watch. I'm going to stop praising it now. Just go watch it. The film that I didn't like as much, it's called Memory. Now, 
It's a Liam Neeson action movie, so obviously there are parts of it that are very good. And it's essentially about this hitman who is ordered to murder a young girl who is part of a pedophile ring. She's like one of the girls who's being exploited by the ring, but he won't do it because he won't murder children. Well, she gets killed anyway by the cartel or whatever that he works for, and he loses his shit, and he decides, I'm gonna go kill all these motherfuckers for killing this young girl who didn't deserve to die and had been exploited. You know, he's like, you don't kill children. That's his whole thing. And it's... You know, it's an interesting plot because he's the movie's called Memory because he's losing his memory. And so he can't remember things. And interestingly enough, Guy Pierce is in it. I watched the film with Keith. Keith made a point about Memento, um, you know, making that connection, character losing his mind. But the thing about this movie that threw me off a little bit is that it felt like a QAnon wet dream because it's a character running around killing the members of a secret worldwide pedophile ring. So like, while it's like, you're like, yeah, Liam Neeson, fuck him up. You're like, oh, is this like written by someone who like thinks the Pizzagate thing was real? Like, that's what I concerned myself with as I thought about it was that the character motivation makes sense. Like he literally in the film sees things occur to on like film. So the characters that he's killing, you know, he knows that they're actually offenders. It's not like, you know, Pizzagate where some dude just ran into a pizza parlor and, you know, like shot at innocent people who had no fucking clue what's going on. I'm just saying that this movie felt like someone looked at what was going on with all the QAnon stuff and was like, oh shit, I'm gonna make a movie out of that. Now, sometimes that's how you do it. And if you just take it at face value as an action film and you know, look at it that way, it's good. You know, Liam Neeson actually dies at one point. He uh, gets out of a car after, like, nearly kidnapping Guy Pierce and gets shot up by the cops because they're trying to cover it up, of course. And then I'm going to just give away the ending because the ending is insane. After they fucking kill Liam Neeson, two FBI agents, like, go to a bar and one of them makes the other one go out when he doesn't want to and makes him pay with his credit card so that he has an alibi because their third friend, the Mexican FBI agent, slits the throat of the pedophile leader and then goes back to Mexico as previously ordered by the FBI. Like, and then the movie just ends. It just, and, and again, so if you just take it as an action movie where like a pedophile ring is exposed and they all get murdered, then like, it's just a decent action movie. But if you, read into it as this sort of like QAnon fantasy I, I I hope that people don't try to take it and run with it now this film was made in Hollywood right so you would think that you know because the whole thing about QAnon is that you know Hollywood is the ones that are running this whole thing but I just couldn't it just, it just felt, it was just strange and I just felt like any number of other plots could have been better other than ones that might have incited violence against innocent people who have done nothing by some deranged person who thinks, I'm gonna take up the mantle of this. And maybe I'm reading too far into it. It's just a film, I don't know, but sometimes I just, I don't know. And so that, and so I just, I was sitting there watching the movie like not knowing how to feel about it. I mean, it's already uncomfortable, like, 
Anytime a film features like violence against children, I'm already just uncomfortable with the concept of that even being on film. Like, and, and it's not that you can't make movies about touchy subjects, but it just makes me like, oh man, like I just, it's something, it's, it's since I've become a father, I, I will acknowledge, I've, I think I've said it on the show before, like I've become a softie in some ways. And like, this is one of them. When I see stuff like this, like I get, really like oh man like that's tough so then Liam Neeson's like killing the guys who do it I'm like ah yeah do it and then you're like oh no I hope the deranged people don't watch this and go because because that's where the point we're at the point where people are taking media as inspiration to do things and so I just I had mixed feelings about all of it and like I, I don't know it's just it's tough for me to watch this stuff and maybe maybe it being tough for me is why I thought about so many difficult subjects like because again you're like thinking well yeah if i was this guy of course i'd feel that way but then you're like oh man look what happens when random people are murdered in, in you know by a deranged person who thinks that they're this super hitman guy like it just i watch movies like this and my brain goes so many places now because i have a kid and it just makes me like I, I, it becomes such a serious thought. And so this one is just, maybe I'm just soft and it's just uncomfortable for me because I'm scared of what it means to be a parent now or whatever. And you know, how, how protective you have to be of your kid in this world. I don't know. It just, it's, it just, it was, it was a weird, uncomfortable movie that just kind of ended. If you just take it as a badass action film about people who are, you know, ridding the world of true evil, then I, I'm, then I can really see how to enjoy it. But when you start to think about like every single branch about all of it, it was just, it was a little tough. And um, I watched those movies on the same day. And so when you watch one movie that's like super uplifting and like just kind of makes you feel like, oh man, the world can be good. And then you also watch one where you're like, everything is tragedy. <laughs> it's just... It's it's really tough. It's really tough. It's a and and I don't I don't necessarily like to consider every single angle. I would love to just sit there and watch a movie and just be like, this is what's on screen. And sometimes you can do that. But so much of how graphic this movie was and how ultraviolet was just made me think about all of those things. And you know, if the goal of the movie was to make you think of that, then I think they did a hell of a job. But man, it was just it was a tough watch. Um, so again unbearable weight of massive talent awesome memory a thinker which is interesting enough because it's called memory but it was tough to watch so you know i it was memory was was tougher for me to and again i think it's just because i'm a softie but just the the premise of all these people being involved in in such a horrible thing it just scares you and i, I don't know it just i'm a softie what can i say um <laughs> but movies like that fuck with me if it doesn't fuck with you watch it maybe to you it's just a badass action flick um but that's why i like taken you know he gets the girl back and taken i feel <laughs> i feel a lot better um anyway let's do the rap of the day what an interesting segue huh but I've been using this beat as my intro beat for a while. And some people like it very much, and so I decided why not to try to cook it on the microphone for once. Yeah.
I set the tempo slow so I can let you know this is the intro to the fucking blunt doctor show but I can mix it up and I can change my flow every fucking line could be a different scheme rhyme for show so don't question what I put cause I drive for dough I grab the fucking mic and I just fucking go every time I hear you speak it's a strip blow for blow you couldn't match me off the dome with a cone with smoke toke for toke bloke by bloke best ever on the mic and that ain't no joke forgotten more rhymes than you ever wrote but even in the ether they're still dope podcast world class rap sound a straight blast my girl a fat ass but everybody knows that i don't feel the blowback because i gotta hold that no she wanna blow jack find access to throwback figure that one kojak interstellar atrium will bring me to the know that connects me to my past and my fundamental goal task bring a beating to that ass spanking a bitch i'll give a master class 2 a.m blunts down gotta write some verbs now second one is passed so i think i need a third now even in the dead of night i'ma find my words clown you can count on me like i'm brady in the third down end to end gate to gate i do whatever i want man hate is gonna hate And I'll take one imperfect take and ride it to the break. It's a two-hour podcast, for God's sake. (laughs) Peace. I love you all.